From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. So what a beautiful rendition of the prayer of St. Francis. It's a prayer that we've been focusing on in the last few weeks on our Sunday services. And it's part of our overriding theme for the year, which is that, the way of peace. And how appropriate, with everything going on in our world, that ability to hold that awareness of the peace that lives deep inside of us, that peace that passes all understanding that is not at all dependent on what the world is doing. I've shared before that the first time I experienced that was after the loss of my father. When my father died, it was a huge loss for me. I had been very, very close to him. And in the middle of the funeral service, I experienced, in addition to the grief and loss, a profound sense of peace. I was really surprised. I was young. I was surprised that that was possible. But I learned in a deep way that that peace that passes all understanding really does live within me. The life of St. Francis has been captured by this prayer that we've been following. And it describes how he lived and how he became the embodiment of peace, if you will. And we are trying to model after his prayer and his life and his teachings. Today we are going to focus specifically on releasing sadness and opening up to joy. So let's go to the prayer of St. Francis and one more time take in the, the amazing, powerful, and wise words. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light and where there is sadness, joy. And when we looked at this first part of the prayer as a whole and asked what it was in St. Francis's life that allowed him to embody peace and to be described by this prayer, what we found or what I found when I was researching and reading the books was that he repeatedly came back to the silence and he maintained a consciousness, an attitude of willingness to be new. I had never thought of that before delving into this prayer. 
It's a different way of talking about non-resistance, but it goes beyond that. That consciousness of willingness to be new. And aren't we being given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be willing to be new? Gary, who was just up a little bit earlier, maybe a few days after I first talked about that, told me he was bombarded with opportunities to be willing to be new. But this challenge, this virus, this change in lifestyle, I mean, if we immerse in it, in fear, in doubt, in sadness, and if we stay stuck there, then we're trying to hold on to something that has already changed. However, if we come from a place of faith and light and joy and we are willing to find ways to be new in the face of this, our inner experience of what is going on in this world and what is going on within us changes. I have found personally that phrase, that willingness to be new, to be a wonderful reminder. I don't always walk through every minute, every day of what's happening with this willingness. I get caught up in it. I end up with too much to do. I forget who I am. And I'm coming from that place of fear and worry. And it ain't pretty. But when I stop and I remember this intention, that willingness to be new, everything shifts. And there's this sense of there is an I am that can be present in the midst of this, that can express in new ways in the midst of this. So I like coming back to those things because those two practices, going into the silence and that willingness to be new, may be the strongest practices for staying connected to that inner peace, that peace that passes all understanding. So today we're looking at the last line of the first half of this prayer that we just read. Where there is sadness, let me sow joy. And we've talked about doubt and faith, darkness and light, despair and hope, hate and love, unforgiveness and pardon. But sadness, in place of sadness, sowing joy. I think that might be the most difficult journey, or at least for me, when I feel sad, it seems to go so deep. You know, there are times that I hear stories in the news about a person who struggled with the virus but ended up dying anyway. And you hear, or I hear the story of their family members. Or yesterday I heard an interview where a healthcare worker was talking about sharing a mask with another healthcare worker as they're moving through the challenges of their work. And I felt a sadness, and the sadness seemed to go deep within me. It wasn't, it wasn't a head thing. But it was a heart thing. It was 
It touched my soul. It went deep into my heart. My eyes tear up. And to move from that experience, which seems to touch so deeply, to sowing joy. It's like, how do I do that? How do I move from sadness to joy? And what is this thing we call sadness? So I went to Google to find out what sadness is. I knew my own experience, but I had to see what Google had to say. And Google gave words, the dictionaries that Google has on its platform, gave words that are, are the same meaning or close to it. Sorrow, grief, heaviness of heart, dispiritedness, joylessness. The heaviness of heart and the dispiritedness caught my attention because that's what I experienced. My heart feels heavy. And I lose that sense of spirit living in and through me. That heaviness seems to take over. And that spirit of God that I am always expressing seems a disconnect from my immediate experience. So again, how, how do I capture what that is? And then how do I move to joy? Hafiz, a wonderful poet from many hundreds of years ago, he says it's not possible to complete yourself without sorrow. I don't like that. I mean, I don't want that to be true. I would rather never, ever, ever, ever to have sorrow or sadness in my life. But he's recognized as a fairly wise teacher, so... I'm holding that. He went on to say, sorrow shapes the heart and enriches it. And that's true in my life. You know, that experience at my father's funeral taught me in a very profound way that that peace that passes all understanding really is within me. It's not in the circumstance. There was nothing about the circumstance that seemed peaceful. But within me, there was that that went beyond those circumstances. When I was in my 20s, I was diagnosed with cancer. And there was every possible imaginable negative emotion, including sadness. Including sadness. I, you know, I was... There were separations, there were uh, times I couldn't be with my baby son, there were, you know, there were many things that I felt sad about, as well as fearful and angry and all of the other. But, but when I walked through it, and I'm grateful I did walk through it and I'm here today, there was a compassion in me for others who have been diagnosed with serious illness. I mean, in my 20s, it didn't even occur to me that something like that could happen. It didn't even occur to me that I was mortal, that my lifespan had a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, in your 20s, you live forever in this material form. But facing the truth of 
this material existence that there is a beginning, a middle, an end made me more thoughtful about how I wanted to spend this life and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. It made me more compassionate toward others who were going through this type of experience. It made me more consciously grateful, I think, than I had ever been before for the people that supported me and helped me. The doctors, the nurses, my, my family, my parents. There was my friends. There was a gratitude that was very conscious, that had not been conscious in that way before. So it is true, I, you know, it's not that I would want to go through either of those things again, but through them, it shaped my heart and it enriched it. So Hafiz is right. So one of the things that can help me and maybe you in the face of what we're going through is no way would I ever want to go through this again, but since I am, since I am going through this, to hold the idea that out of this I can change in, pos in positive, maybe even in wonderful ways. Maybe I can come to a deeper understanding that may not have come without this. So holding this knowing that there are things that I cannot see in the immediate moment that may be unfolding that one day I may value helps. It helps that sadness, that heavy-heartedness, that being dispirited lightens its grip. Hafiz also said, do not sink into sadness even though the mysteries of the other world slip past you entirely. Huh? So he's saying don't sink into the sadness. The sadness may be there, but it doesn't mean I have to drown in it. In those moments when I'm sad, I'm not aware of greater truths. I'm not embracing the mysteries of being a spiritual being, having a human experience. In the middle of the sadness, I'm just that human experience. So even though the mysteries of the other world slip past you, there are plays written, written within plays that you cannot see. So there are stories within stories within stories, stories that are greater than the immediate story I might be sinking into. And just knowing that I don't necessarily see it in this moment helps me release that sadness, that heavy-heartedness, that feeling of being dispirited. There's another reading, and it's long, and I did not get to put it on a slide, but I'll read slowly to see if maybe it can be helpful. And this is by Rumi, a favorite poet of mine. 
He says, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and attend them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be cleaning you out for a new delight. I thought that was really appropriate. I, sometimes it feels like this challenge with the virus is cleaning us out or cleaning me out in some ways. But to hold again that idea that there are stories within stories within stories, that maybe the greatest story is that we're opening to some new delight. In a very small way, I already experience it for us here in this community. I mean, I can't wait till we're all back together here. I really can't. But man, the quality of what we're putting online and the number of opportunities online are growing. And if we continue that, even after we've gathered, every time you travel, you can join in with us. There will be many choices and there will be people who don't live in this immediate area can, that can be very much a part of com our community. Each and every one of you that is watching right now can feel so strongly connected whether or not you are in the Vacaville area at any given moment. So that is a play that when all this started, I didn't see. And I'm not necessarily a lover of technology, or I haven't been, but I think I may be becoming one, which is who would have ever thought, right? And I'm sure there are stories far greater and deeper than that one that will unfold with time. So holding that consciousness of possibilities holding that willingness to be new allows us to move through this challenge and allows us to release the grip that sadness can have. Again from Rumi, but listen to me for one moment, quit being sad hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. So again, it's not necessarily easy to quit being sad on command, but there are things we've learned to do. First and foremost, when there is sadness, when there is grief, when there is sorrow, the only appropriate response whether it's to someone else who is sad or to yourself who is sad, is kindness. This is probably the most important thing I'm saying. When you become sad, the only appropriate response to yourself is kindness. Otherwise, what you might fall into is 
this thought of, oh, I'm not supposed to be sad, I'm supposed to be spiritual, and I'm supposed to be joyous, I'm supposed to be the light, and it might be difficult to do. So then the next thought that comes up is, boy, you're a failure, you can't even do what you've been learning to do, what's wrong with you? And then the sadness gets deeper, the the dispiritedness gets stronger, the heavy-heartedness gets worse. So whenever you see anyone who is sad, whenever you notice that you are sad, respond with kindness. Imagine a small child or a puppy crying. You don't just yell, hey, stop it. You know, you, you hold them in love. You respond with kindness and the same for yourself or for anyone else. And so we move from that sadness to joy, which Google says is bliss, blessedness, exuberance, and lightheartedness, the opposite of that heavy-heartedness. It's being filled with the consciousness of the spirit that is the truth of our being. That's what it really is. That's a picture of joy. And of course, one of my favorite sayings came from Paramahansa Yogananda. He was asked, what is God? And he said, God is ever new joy. If we face what's in front of us, And we acknowledge the doubts that come up. We acknowledge the fears that come up. We acknowledge um, the frustration or the anger that comes up. If we acknowledge the darkness that seems to be there. If we acknowledge the sadness. And we take steps to embrace the light. To embrace faith and hope if we respond to ourselves with kindness, joy has no choice but entering into our awareness. And every time we experience joy, every time, like that little child, that we find ourselves uplifted, it is a new experience. And that joy, that fullness of life, that lightheartedness, that experience of being filled with spirit is an experience of God. God is ever new joy. So then we find ourselves moving through these challenges, having those moments of difficulty. And sometimes the moment might even last all day. But it, whatever, it's a moment of difficulty. It's not who we are. It is not the truth of us. And as long as we open with that willingness to be new, as long as we practice removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, we talked about that a few weeks back, as long as we hold up a mustard seed of faith in the face of it, 
as long as we're willing to be points of light when it seems difficult to hold the fullness of the Christ light, as long as we're willing to be kind in response to whatever is going on, that joy, that joy finds a way into our consciousness because it is what God is. It is the truth of what God is. And we are one with God. And those moments of ever new joy remind us of who we are and our oneness with the divine. So I believe, or at least my experience has been, that a return to that willingness to be new helps open the door for each and every one of those other practices. And so with this willingness to be new, we move from, sadne from sadness and we open to joy. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is sadness, let me sow joy. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org. Just